if you see the three as I just want to be seen and I just want you to see me and I am terrified of the rejection that might occur or the not being seen that might for me it's rejection but the, like the not being seen that might occur it's like it's like don't don't do that if you're if you've got a three who's actually handing themselves over to you a little bit like try to be open to them I think many people because they're not in touch with the heart space even when I am like okay I'm I'm putting down the barriers and you're seeing me if they're not there with me there it's like I ow this was the exact thing I was afraid of. Welcome to another episode of What It's Like to Be You, a show where I interview people about their experience as their Enneagram type. I am Josh Levine, your host. Today, I am speaking with my friend, Gray Tech. Gray's typing is really close to mine. She's a social self-pres, three with a four-wing, three, six, eight, trifix. And just for comparison, mine is social self-pres, also three with a four-wing, three, nine, six, trifix. This conversation happened a while ago on the heels of a weekend where Gray and I actually got to meet each other in person. And so it was really interesting to explore our mutual reading each other as social threes tend to be reading each other. And actually the word we use in this conversation is tracking other people. What that's like tracking the vibe of a conversation, tracking where people are at emotionally. And we also explore something that was really precious to me, which is what the social three ultimately is really wanting and probably social three with a four wing more, more specifically, but a quality of social intimacy that is really yummy and the heart center. And um, we, Gray and I both kind of vibed on this point that there's something going on in the heart center at a pre-verbal level that when people are locked in with each other in a particular way of relating, then it's just a kind of saturation with meaning and connectedness that is kind of rare and so we talk about that we talk about the grief that we're not saturated with that experience all the time and gray also has a really beautiful point about what she calls like the purpose of three and maybe the purpose of social three particularly which is seeing people accurately seeing people accurately this was a really wonderful conversation for me from the point of view of just dropping into the heart center and not, I think, contradicting the stereotype of social three as being, you know, prestige seeking, social climbing, having lots of polish and things like that, which can be true and which I've certainly experienced in my life. But getting under the hood of three and what it really means to, um, well, what happens when threes really connect to their hearts and what they're really yearning for. So, um, Please welcome my friend, Gray. Welcome everyone to another interview. And let's just get into this. So I'm here with my new friend, Gray C-Tech from a YouTube channel <laughs> called Augmented Personality, which she runs. And how long have you been running that? Um, I want to say about a year and a half, about a year okay. and a half. Right. And it's it started mostly focused with OPS, right? Yeah. Objective yeah. personality, um, MBTI. There's a little bit of Enneagram there, but uh -huh. if you watch those videos, don't judge me too much. They are not up to date. I am <laughs> okay. working on that. <laughs> All right. So Gray is an Enneagram three and the full typing structure through the four wing social self-pres three, six, eight. And yes. so we're going to get into yeah. what it's like to be Gray. And I am so excited for you to be here. And also it was really fun to meet you in person actually last weekend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
Uh, and it's fun to know you a little bit now before we actually do this conversation. So first, yeah. um, how are you feeling right this second? Oh, oh, the instant jitters of there's a camera, like even like we got started a little bit before and it's like the instant I was like, and I'm here and I'm on. I was like, God <laughs> damn, it's so frustrating because I do want to be real and I want that, but that doesn't mean that my brain agrees with me that that's safe. And so it's very funny how quickly the the hard wiring takes over. But I'm still really good underneath that, which is great. That's the goal, right? To be good underneath. <laughs> um, I loved that statement that your brain doesn't necessarily agree that it's safe. And yeah. we talked like right before the camera was on how because we're both threes, we're both going to change when the camera goes yes. on. <laughs> right. And and it's kind of happening. <laughs> do, do you agree? No, instantly, yeah. instantly. Um, we're also both social. So there's also a sense I feel like we're going to talk in a meta. I have a feeling that we're going to meta talk a lot during this interview of like, oh, look at this thing we're doing. Oh, look at this. Almost like we're little or watching little toys of ourselves <laughs> from above. And it's like, look at this. Yeah. Look at this. Look at us do that. If I move it this way, it does this. And it just very... Um, over analytical of self because the, the constant image painting of three is it's it's image but it's adaptive so we're constantly trying to like oh look when you do this you do this and then i do this and like look at us adapt it'll be this very um that image painting is compulsive and it's almost unintentional how much i'm doing it and i suspect you might feel the same and as a result there's that never-ending like tweaking and adjusting and, and meta analysis uh, meta analyzing and just all that yummy delicious crazy social stuff yeah well one thing that i find about that particular th especially when i am speaking with someone who knows the enneagram or is interested in personality in general is that it feels like a form of safety or image relaxation in a sense to talk about the way that I'm showing up and the way that you are showing up and to yeah. the, the conversation about the conversation is a place that I feel comfortable. And also it feels like in a certain way is a, how do I put this? It's a different form of intimacy to have that conversation. Yeah. Could be, you know yeah. what I mean? I, yeah. That way. Yeah. I found, I find that really to be true because if someone knows I'm an image type, or just that I have like an, an objective personality. I'm a decider, which means I'm anxious about shame. And so shame and judgment and people. And so knowing that those two pieces exist in both systems, I'm always kind of sensitive to what what are they seeing? Are they seeing me? Am I being seen? What's going on? Is this right? Is it wrong? What's Am I being seen correctly? All of that is going on. If someone knows and actually has it in mind when they're talking to me, I can kind of relax and be like, oh God, they, they know already. They already know. They already know I'm weird here. I've, I'm already naked. Like it's, I'm already exposed. So I might as well give up the ghost. And I really like that ability to kind of, it's, it's still hard. It's like, I'm still presenting something, but I know that they, they're seeing past it at least a little bit, which is, uh, I would say breath of fresh air, at least for me. It's like, thank, thank God. Like, Someone yeah, well needs said. to know what I'm like. Someone needs to know. <laughs> yeah, I relate to that. And also just to call something out, part of our conversation is probably going to be about, or we're going to touch on this as a general theme, is our typings are very similar, you and me. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm social self-pres like you, three the four wing like you, and have three and six in my trifix. The only difference right. is that 
your so I'm three nine six and you're three six eight. So the ordering yes. yeah. is different and you have eight instead of nine. So yeah. um let's see. We're talking a lot about image and that's a really important theme. Let's see where I want to go actually first. Let's let's kind of pull back out and and I would love for you to just share what your Enneagram origin story is. And yeah. Um you okay. can take us through even the whole thing with OPS too. I mean, I'm curious how yeah. you landed on the Enneagram from the angle of other typing systems too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So um, I've been interested in personality pretty much forever. Um, like to the point where I was combing through my mother's psych textbooks when I was like in middle school um, from when she had been in college because I was just kind of compelled to understand what was going on with the humans. Um, which makes them sound like I see myself as something other than human, which is true and not true in a sense, because I, I there's me, and but I also know there's the image of me that is separate, and I'm trying to live up to that image, which isn't very human, and it's very perfect. So, you know, um, it's a very, so I'm just kind of catching my own language as I'm talking, which is a big part of a practice I've learned from all the years of first MBTI and seeing like, oh, how am I doing this in this exact moment? And then in objective personality in particular, there's the belief that you're doing your type every five seconds. And so if you can catch just a few moments of what you're doing, you can actually begin to see how you are creating your own nightmares over and over and over again, which from there, actually, because objective personality has that belief, that kind of like, that kind of got me started walking up the mountain. And then once I saw that the Enneagrammer interpretation of Enneagram was the exact same principle, that you're doing your type structure compulsively to create your own nightmares, I was like, oh, okay, yes. And then there was something about Enneagram really striking at the heart of that there's an essence quality that I want, not just a function of personality that I want, which is the objective personality lens that I'm, for an idea, I'm an ENTJ. And so I'm craving a feeling thing that I feel as though I cannot have, but I'm existing in a state of doing things for others. It sounds very three-ish, but the true thing that I want greater than just simply my own feelings and ex emotional experience is in particular that which is valuable. And the lens of which I'm doing it through is social, which is that which is valuable for all. And that is like the fact that I believe in a and part like in, in the split sort of sense that one that I am somehow in contact with that which is valuable for all, and also this is where it gets self destructive that I'm the only one who can see it, and that no one else is seeing how how truly amazing this is, and therefore I have to bring it. I have to be the bearer of this burden to tell and be the the emblem of that is like, oh, oh that's a lot to put on my own psyche. That's a lot of expectation to put on myself because I will fail in being a perfect emblem of value. Well, fuck. <laughs> like that's pretty much that's pretty much been that. And so that's been over. Um, I got into objective personality about, I want to say two years ago. Um, and I really did a deep dive and then I've been compulsively, as soon as I found Enneagrammer this year, like I compulsively digging through the podcast, I've watched every single one of the dark, dark arts Academy videos. I've read John's book cover to cover. Um, and I, I go through over and over again, especially for the diagrams on like just over and over compulsively. Like it's been really intense because that feeling of 
I'm trying to be an emblem that will I will never succeed in being. And the the first the heartbreak of that, and then realizing that then I get to be human and I get to live my life without that burden anymore. If I can catch a few, if I can catch that every five seconds trying to be the emblem and I can give myself a break if I notice it, it's like, oh my God, what a fucking relief. Like yeah. it's, yeah, yeah. There's there's a few things that I want to just pull out of what you're saying and I have a, a question. Yeah. So um, I love this point that your type is, is you're doing your type every five seconds or whatever the frame yeah. is. It's yeah. like, this is something that I think is not well enough understood in the Enneagram world at large. And I agree is something that yeah. the, the Enneagrammer universe is yeah. um, is bringing to the Enneagram world in a very real, tangible, grounded, like, look, you're doing that thing right now kind of way. Right. And, and again, and again, and again. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so your type is is spilling out of you in unconscious ways that, well, definitionally, because they're unconscious, you don't have conscious control over them. And right, so, right. Um, so I love that point. And the other thing is, I, I'm really struck by your use of the word compulsion. And yeah. this, like, there's a an obsessive quality that you have with this stuff. And yeah, the and also a, a sense of responsibility, it seems, for learning this stuff for being not just as you say, an emblem of value, which that's an interesting term to unpack in itself, but um, <clears throat> I'm gonna pull out. So, like in your in your YouTube video, the very f the the homepage video, you talk about feeling a responsibility to bring this yeah. knowledge to the world that yeah. personality exists. That it, and actually, I'd love to just turn the mic back over. Like, can you talk about what is where does the compulsion come from for you? Why is it so important to you yeah. to learn this stuff? And and does that word responsibility still land for you? Um, responsibility is a, like, I wouldn't have grabbed it for myself, but hearing it, it was like a, um, a soft touch of yes. Like it wasn't like an intense, like this is the exact right word, but mm -hmm. I was like, but it's not in the wrong ballpark. Mm -hmm. Um, I, in many ways, uh, the word I somewhat relate to is burden. <laughs> Yeah. Like here's your you six know, fix. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's it's burden not in a negative sense, but like the the load must be like like the whole point is like to know this and to not share it would that is that's the burden to know and to not share 24/7 at all times with everybody that mm -hmm. I found this jewel that it's yeah. So I guess like why why is it a jewel is probably the more important question, which is to know your own mind and to actually then have agency to choose if you want to believe the lies that your own brain tells you compulsively in order to keep you alive. It's like, listen, we're for most, for many of the people that are watching this, um, you're, you're safe. You're in a house. You have, you probably have friends. If you don't, I'm sorry. Um, and you're probably far more attractive than, than people used to be like hundreds of years ago when there was no food anywhere and everyone had illness scars covering them, right? Like, like humans, if you like comparatively to hi historical times, humans are beautiful. We are lush with connections and we have so many resources. And to know that your brain is lying to you and saying that you're starved of one particular resource and that you're completely denying the significance of another 
is and that then you're fueling incredibly anxious, neurotic, self-destructive tendencies by that compulsion to keep up some some instinctual drive is like you could be free of that. You could be free for just one moment. If imagine just one moment of not feeling like you have to do it. And of course, the fact that I feel like I have to share that is social. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm not lost in that. Like the, when I made that video, I completely was registering the irony of everything that I'm saying. The fact that I'm saying that you can be free and that we can all be light and in the air and not grounded by anything. And we could just play and be ourselves. It's like, okay, that's all still social and an objective personality. That's still the job of the EJ is to be the person who speaks for the tribe and says, we can all be free to be our own unique identities because mm -hmm. that's who the, the EJ doesn't feel free. Yeah. Partly the, the social self press doesn't feel free to be themselves, you know? I don't think it's a stretch for me to say this, and I'm curious how this lands okay. for you, but this is, you know, when we were hanging out in person also, this was coming through for me, is for okay. me, one of the, and actually I want to frame this too by saying it's, it's a little bit um, difficult to parse this out given that your six fix is secondary, but oh, yeah. the whole concept of the three moving to six in the Enneagram is a really important one. And my experience of it and my understanding of it, or one way that it's often framed is the idea that the six, the three in the average states is sort of spotlight seeking, whether overtly or subtly or secretively, right. and is somewhat narcissistically self-involved and wanting to be valuable right. for its own sake, kind of, it's about me. And, um, you know, whatever, want to be successful, crush my goals, like fulfill my potential, all that stuff. And that is its own thing. And then the three moving to six is basically um, sometimes characterized as a way of the three waking up to realize that, oh, actually, I want to contribute to like a team or a larger context or something right. like that. Right. And the way that I think of it is it's like a quality of a clarified and devoted heart to mm. some something what uh and i'm using the word thing in a <laughs> in a deep way <laughs> you know like um no i i know a, I know a cause mean. or a um a sense of purpose where like the fibers of my being align towards this something and it feels right. and it imbues my life with meaning and yeah. and it's not just about the hungry ghost of can i get one more hit of validation and can i earn another mm. however much money to put in my bank account for my status am i pretty enough am i pretty enough? yeah there you go am right it's enough? like yeah. yeah 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 um and so I hear a lot of those, a lot of notes like that in your yeah. sense of devotion to this subject matter and yeah. the way, and its yeah. service for the world. That's so. I just wanted to yeah. name that. Do you relate to that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I, um, I feel mm. like a. Of course, I feel like I'm a high status knight because of what? What else would I be? But I feel like a like a knight who has gone off and fought and as and as work like I will fight tooth and nail for the things that I care about and I do very much feel like I'm offering my sword up to a liege of being like I'm turning this over to you now like you have my sword so you can kill me with it or you can tell me who to, who to fight mm -hmm. and it's just that sense of like and I'm and I'm handing that I want to be very careful because if anyone's not in the like I'm not handing that over to like specific individuals in the Enneagram or universe I'm handing that over to the Enneagram which is like I am on the side. I, I love this. I watched a thing by 
wonderful chaotic human called CJ the X, and he had a breakdown of Kronk from Emperor's New Groove, but it turned down with the point of being on the side of art. The point of being on the side of art is that maybe you're not in the spotlight. Maybe it wasn't you that created the thing that is valuable. Maybe it's not about you, but because you're on the side of art, you will allow your ego to step down and serve art, the higher thing that is pure and actually worth fighting for. And for me, that's, I, I feel very much, I think, possessed, compulsed by the Enneagram because it's like, I can actually hand my sword over to this mm-hmm. and trust that if I, that, that is a greater, that is a greater thing than me. And it yeah. will, I will be led astray, but it will not lead me astray. If that makes sense. Cause people are flawed, but that mm-hmm. symbol is not inherent. Like it is just a symbol. It's what, uh, what humans read into it is the, is the imperfections, you know, what, like it, it can be tainted by that, but it by itself is pure without love, human touch. You know? I love what you're saying. It's it's like yeah. um, kind There's of- a lot of four in there too. A lot of four it, fear of taint. It feels like, honestly, a kind of medicine for me to hear it articulated like that. It's very, because I my heart aligns with it, I think probably as a three also, or just our, our yeah. resonance stacking. Well, and we yeah. both love the Enneagram. So yeah. of course That's we true. feel that way. Yes. It's yeah. like- Yeah. Um, can yeah. you- is this feeling of like um, surrendering my sword to the higher authority of the Enneagram or art or whatever else lives up there? Mm-hmm. Is that a new feeling for you? Or, or can you paint the contrast between that and what it used to be like for you in your life? Or d- um, is there, was there before and after? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's a linear, like a, like a snap line. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can point to like, okay. So I remember when I was younger, um, my family. So like, I'm, I'm much more slowed down at the moment because I'm really trying to be very honest and very real. And I can use my high energy as kind of like this blustering shield of energy. So you can't actually see me. So I'm deliberately slowing down to prevent that. Um, but so as a result, when I was a kid, my family would get me shirts like a plus in talking and stuff like about how much I talked and I was always chattering and I always wanted to be the center of attention um, to the point of where when I was a kid, they called me David Koresh because I would get all the neighborhood kids surrounding me. It's like to have a six-year-old be compared to a cult leader is a little crazy, you know? (laughs) But that's what I was like. And then I remember at some point in high school, there was a whole Coney 2012 because he had the child soldiers thing. But the whole Coney 2012 movement was fucking corrupt. It was full of bullshit and it absolutely was not going. Most of that money was not going to help those kids. And my high school had posters of it plastered everywhere. And one mm-hmm. fell on the ground and I stepped on it. And a teacher who I actually ended up being quite good friends with after I freaking tore into him on about this, he told me to pick it up. And I just laid out about how absolutely ridiculous I'm not going to pick up this corrupted bullshit off of the ground. It shouldn't even be here. If you want to actually help people, you should, I don't remember the names of the fundraisers at the time, but I had like four ready to go. And Mm -hmm. it was like, so at some point I went from that kid who was using her talking for herself to there was glimmers of, it's not about me because it, 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 yeah, it would be great if everything was about me, but like, I'd like to live in the real world. (laughs) And also I don't really like when everything's about me because God, it's, it doesn't actually, if it stays all about me at some point, the, 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 
Uh, it feels almost like uh, with image, you're painting on like a wine glass and like they're going to see through you or it's going to crack, like something's going to be go wrong. And I don't I don't want that. Like, I just no, I don't want I don't want that. I, I would rather do the cracking myself and be a little risk the imperfection and show that that's like it's real. It's something mm -hmm. real. And um, it doesn't help. Well, it doesn't help, but it adds on that. Um, three six eight is lovingly referred to as triple real because of how three is not a it's not either romanticizing its darkness or romanticizing its light it's just kind of what is and then six is tearing tearing into things for the sake of the superego it's trying to find what's real and what's true for the sake of what's good and then eight is tearing into things and tearing it all apart for the sake of autonomy and for the sake of you will not contain me. So there's a lot of just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide. I'm not gonna lie. Um, for a three, for a three, it's it's very blunt, real blunt blunt force trauma is is what I do to people. So <laughs> um, this that story of stepping on the poster and yeah. kind of it wasn't even deliberate. It just happened. <laughs> well, actually, that specifically, even you saying that, I mean, this is. I was going to point out kind of the six, eight stem or your, yeah. the, your, this is okay. Also, I'm going to say this out loud for people who aren't that familiar with the Enneagram. So yes. we're talking about, this is, we're being really fluid with, or, and fluent with our referencing of the Enneagram here. So, um, yeah, go study it more people three. <laughs> so six and eight are what we call reactive types. Um, and you also have a four wing, which is another yeah. reactive type. So, what part of the lingo is that you it would be it, it could be said that you're triple reactive adjacent yes yeah right. i am and, i'm willing to tear things down yes yeah make a mess and and that's really interesting to me from the point of view of you being a core three because three as an image as an image type tends to be very aware of how it's coming across and the presentation and especially as a social three and so right. For me, as a social three who's relatively close to your typing, but who has nine in my trifix, the idea of just in a public way, like reflexively just laying into someone, certainly a teacher, when I was in high school, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, that that's a very foreign concept to me. And so, oh, yeah, when when you. I, I actually I just would love for you to say a little more about what it's like for you to be a core three and to be so aware of your image um, okay. and, and also to be so um, I've used the word like electric to describe you or yeah. you have a lot of um, verbiage <laughs> that's part of your kind of social presentation and yeah. high energy and the wiggles and just all these kind of like, yeah. You're kind of a, yeah, you know what I mean? Like you're kind of a, yeah. a, a bubbly energy and yeah. that, that as a contrast to what we typically or stereotypically think of as through the forum, which is a little bit more refined or aristocratic or right. self-controlled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that you brought up like, cause I love like, a, like very sophisticated imagery, especially like um, when mm -hmm. I made my original collages, like I had one of purely angels. Like, I love that imagery, but the actual, um, 
the actual experience of me, it feels much more like that. So that triple reactive, so four, six, eight, for those of you wondering, is a huge part of my type existence. Um, mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is I've like, when I say like, like, well, I, I described that happening and I was, I was like 15 at the time. People are like, you did what? Like your reaction is like, you did what? It's like, and I couldn't control it. It mm -hmm. seized me and it right. came out of me at some point. Like, and that's, that's react. That's the reactive, just to name yeah. it. That's, that's what it means to be a reactive type is that it's like, it just came over me. This, the yeah, reaction spilled out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I remember I was hearing, oh, there was like another example on the podcast. I had to like pull over and breathe. I was so angry. Um, someone like laid into Emika and called him a narcissist over something and mm -hmm. like you can say that that any assertive type has narcissistic quality sure whatever but like what he was taught he'd gotten really vulnerable and i i'm oh my god i'm angry right now like it just it disgusted me and i wanted to like find this person and just like tell them on a visceral level how like they will never be what he is they will never be so valuable and the fact Whoa. that they cannot see where they yeah. are at and that they had the audacity to speak in such a way to that, which is to someone who is trying to serve value is like, mm -hmm. you need to stop existing in, in, in anywhere where I can see you. Like, like it's bad. It's really intense. And I've just had to accept it. I've had to just incorporate that into my image because what the hell else am I supposed to do? I can't not like, I've just, that's like, why, why would my collage is that of angels and they were, they were carrying swords and of mm -hmm. violence. It's like, I just had to start from a place of I am aggressive. I am a bulldozer because if I like, if, if I tried to have like very soft and contained image and then that came out of me, I would break so often it wouldn't work. Like it just it said, there's the three, it wouldn't work. Um, as if working is all that matters when it comes to your image. Right. You know, just, you gotta be confident, <laughs> but yeah, it's very funny how I've had to just pull it in and be like, okay, how can almost like, how can I romanticize my own experience of that reactivity? Because otherwise, like there are plenty of like, I'm talking about the good times, right? The things where it's been useful, but there are mm -hmm. plenty of times that I just have that compulsion come up over me over something that really isn't that significant or is so personal to me that I'm destroying it for anyone who might enjoy it or just generally being an asshole. Um, and you know, those are all things that happen too. <laughs> So it's not always pretty, but I can romanticize it, which then I gives me permission to do it. If that makes sense, yeah. it needs to be romanticizable to exist. So it needs to be romanticizable to exist. Yeah, that's a good phrase, isn't it? <laughs> Thank I'm you. Thinking, I'm thinking. myself. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I'm gonna restrain myself from my own self-reflective rabbit hole here. So, okay. Um, the, I would love to put a pin in that because we might come back to that idea okay but let's talk about tracking other people okay so this is something when we were when we were hanging out in person um it yeah. was amazing how let's see i mean the way that we didn't really know each other that well but like the way that you could see me tracking other people and call yeah. it out in the moment was hilarious <laughs> and exposing <laughs> for me yes um yeah and um what I mean by tracking is just, and this is a social dominant thing, but it's also, it's like a double whammy with social dominant and three core. It's like, right, right. It's like tracking sort of 
where other people are at. <laughs> and what I mean by ats are like how everyone is generally feeling with respect to each other, with respect to me, what the vibe is, how I'm fitting into the vibe. Um, and there's just, there's this, I'm speaking my experience of it and I'm curious how yours either relates or contrasts to it, but it's like, there's a way that I am always being aware of, of the vibe and, right. Um, and of my impact on it and of people's responses to each other and to me. And is that an experience that you have as a like very often salient part of your consciousness? Hmm. Um, how would I frame that for myself? So I feel like vibe is almost like not quite vibe is like an objective personality. I'm a thinker. So in a sense, I'm, I'm missing the vibe in a lot of ways and I'm disrupting it, which I think relates to my reactivity. Um, but what I am still is I'm still an EJ, which means that I am tracking other people compulsively. And I think actually, um, yeah, so I want to, I can build on the, what was interesting about the tracking is then there was at one point where you said, oh, that's your six, you're going into six. And I was like, see, you do it too. <laughs> like there is mm -hmm. a sense of like, I'm watching you, but I'm watching you and I'm pointing you out because I'm like, hey, hey, look at you watching people. You don't have to watch so much. But the irony is I have to be watching you to know that you're doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's like, I don't have to be watching so much either. I can mind my own damn business. No, no. Because then there's also, um, I will completely admit to this. There's also the, the like mental brownie points. Uh, see, I noticed our type happening. Look, I noticed our type happening. Look, I saw it. Look, I mm. saw it. Where's the, like, and there's a bit of six in there. Where's the teacher? Do I get points now? Look at me. I'm so good. Look at me. I'm so smart. Look at that. I really understand this because I can see our patterns. And it's like, okay, yeah. you can see shit. Are you doing anything about it? It's like, I'm trying. And that's well, a lot more humbling, I feel. So there's definitely yeah. some ego boosting that happens. And then there's some self humbling that must occur and does not happen as often as it should. So partly, okay, just one thing to just say out loud is I, I w when you speak, something I notice about you is that this is part of the sixth thing is it's like, there's the the thing that you notice and then there's the counter reaction internally and it's like there's an yep. inner <laughs> ping pong ball that's going on and that's yep. like in that state just to what i mean in that statement there was the point the point you make about there's the ego boost of of noticing and saying it and then immediately without prompting there's the and what am i fucking doing about it <laughs> kind of thing which right. is kind of a yeah. super ego uh hit you know internally yep. and so anyway that's that was just interesting to me to point yeah. that out. No, yeah. that dance, um, David talks about the horizon line of the Enneagram to three and six. So if you, mm -hmm. so for anyone watching, um, just picture the visual of the Enneagram and then that line between three and six. That's, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And that line dancing back and forth is literally like, there's me and there's everyone else. And there's me and there's everyone. There's me and there's everyone. There's me and there's everyone. And it's like that flying back and forth is then amplified by social because me and everyone is suddenly characters that are hyper important. I will die if anything goes wrong there. And so that three, six stem plus social is really amplifying that flipping of if I say something and you notice it and what if it's not completely correct, I better catch it. Cause I'll look bad. 
And so there's still that image at the end of the day, the big fear is, will I look bad? Will I be shameful? Will I be disgusting? There's still that, but mm -hmm. it's still, I'm using the super ego to keep that image safe. I'm protecting my, I'm hurt. I'll hurt me before you hurt me. You, you can't touch me. And there's mm -hmm. also eight of yeah. my autonomy will not be infringed because I'll hurt myself before you ever touch me. And that way I remain untouchable, which is still three untouchable, yeah. clean, controlled. I like the word because untouchable. Because I did all the yeah. damage. Yeah. I, yeah. So one thing too, I want to pull out and this is, um, depending on how deep you are into the Enneagram, this might be splitting a hair, but this is, um, okay. so the way that I use the word vibe, it okay. strikes me as nine-ish. And the way that you yeah. said, basically, you're not really tuning into that or you have a almost, you're almost nope. vibe blind, you know, yes. yeah. that feels kind of eight-ish. It's like, when I say vibe, it is, it is a somatic sensing of the yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, and it's like, it's a way that I'm not able to not be infused by the vibe, whatever that is. It's like, here's a way to put it. It's like, I am, I enter a room or I exist in a group as a cup of water that is infused by the tea bag of the group. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, I take on... I just I'm are you saying you're getting tea are you getting teabagged by everyone? That's the phrase you want to use. Right. Are you sure? I'm, There's I'm a six. I'm like, it. are you sure? Are you sure? It's like that yeah, could be I'm messy. That could be messy. I'm yeah, I'm a three and I'm standing by it. I'm, I'm being teabagged by the group. Yeah. You're being teabagged no. right now. Yeah. Um I mean, in a oh, sense, man. I mean what I what I'm really pointing to is like an a, an inability not to be infused. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, or here's another way to put it. It's like, I, I show up as a sponge whose pores yeah. can't be closed and yeah, the, yeah. the, t the social tide is moving through me in a way that is, I can sense it from the inside, but with an eight fix, yeah. those pores don't really exist as much. They're just, they're, they're I've solid and off. closed. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I've cut and them so, off. Yeah. and so you show up more as a, as, as a solidity and are and you exist in a group as that solidity and so you're bringing your own vibe but one th so oh God, actually yeah. yeah and so one thing that is interesting to bring up too from our very first conversation is how you say that you show up even in our conversation where we first met there was the the fireworks display of your words and then right. and then you stopped and then you watched yourself watch me and my response to yep. you it was like you showed up and you were speaking and while you were speaking, it was, you were not necessarily tracking me or sensing me, but as soon as you stopped the, it turns on the, turns on. the, the what, yep. so what turns on that? That's the question. Okay. Okay. That's a really good question. So I, through all that, I was really processing like the difference between somatic tracking and what I'm often tracking is I will remember everything that somebody said. I'll remember how like, they looked at each other in that sense, but I don't feel it. It's like I can see pictures of what that looks like and how mm -hmm. the dynamics therefore exist. So it's much more like um, it's less about the body experience of you. And it's much more about well, what did he say and how did he say it? And all of that kind of like more anxious fluttering, right? 
-hmm. and that pro that much more anxious fluttering require like to track that instead of the body your a mind has to be has to be a live wire and exposed like a raw nerve has to be exposed to everything coming in because it's a lot of information and yeah so that that lightning live wire of the six really in the raw nerve exposure of everything i feel like it really um it like really amps me up in a way so that way might the way that i can do tracking has to be through that i have to use it that's the way that i'm using my three and six is just all through the what i'm seeing and then what everyone's saying because i'm missing i've cut off the part of me that's exposed to the world because that's what it's, it's doing is it's rejecting part of itself in order to remain autonomous in order to remain in movement and in action it's cutting off the part that needs nurturing so to risk being touched and to be nurtured is unacceptable. So I feel like um, I feel like it often relates to like the three six stem of like I'm either in the six or I'm in the three, which is I'm either here seeing you, seeing me, seeing you, seeing me, seeing you in the back and forth of the mirroring or mm -hmm. I am and all over the place and explosive, especially um, I like that you use the word fireworks. Um, because I think a lot like the um, the energy is very much like let's put on a show, let's put on something to watch, and it still has that element of watching. But there is a um, like fireworks you can't touch them; they're far away. They're gonna burn you. Like you don't want them touching you. And that like electric live wire energy is a lot. And so all of my mirroring, I think, especially and and tracking of others, and rather than the vibe, is I'm what I'm tracking is what people are saying what they're putting out there, what their, what their fireworks show is. And so something that's really interesting is that I have been catching that people that have are nine fixers, um, either nine core or nine above their six, because there's a lot of people who are um, three, six, nine in some order and direction, blah, blah, blah. Like if they have nine before six, I'm really like having to tune in way more because they're not giving me a lot of heady, stuff to track a lot of six energy to track but if you're a six first or if you're like nine six three i can get a lot out of the person but um that three nine three by itself is like i'm not giving you anything you got to really accept me impressionistically and visually i'm not gonna talk and i was like what the hell is going on here this is weird and so it's like i had to like really work to be like okay what's going on here? like i i'm making little movements but it's like what's going on here i felt like um like you know when you so watch like, a big cat real quick just prowl? to be clear you're yeah. you're talking about me right like me yes. with three three nine yeah. and then first. also nine yeah, nines yeah. in general i feel like i have to do this more i feel like i'm a big cat and i there's like a fence between us and i'm like just prowling mm -hmm. and i'm just like what are you doing and there's like mm -hmm. a there's because for me my goal is i want to i want to get a sense of you and then i want to like like get myself through the bars almost and then like just that's have it's like it's like i want to get my claws into people and be like and you will never forget that i exist I'm going to make sure you know me. <laughs> like, okay. there's, yeah. there's some eight in there of like, ah, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to have the upper hand here. I will always have the, there's some of that. And that three, eight stem is very much like that predator vibe of like, I'm just sitting here moving, waiting for an opening. I'm just waiting. And the nine is like, there's, there's not a lot going on here. It's not like, it's almost like a, like if the predator is like waiting for movement to know what you're going to, where you're going to go. I'm just waiting. It's like, it's not moving. What, yeah, it's more like it this, this is really this is really metaphorical, but it's almost like 
the nine is um not it's more like a lake it's like yeah, yeah. you could like you could come and s- swim over her if you want but you're not gonna like get your claws <laughs> it's gonna you're, right you know, right claws are gonna pass through you know um right that's where I can, the three is like, I'm like, oh, I see you. And that's where I think part of it is even catching everyone's type. It's like, I see you. I saw, I saw that. There was movement. Mm-hmm. There's individual movement. You weren't the all-encompassing universe. I got you. And there's like a, and now I'm not letting you go. And there's still a lot of like, I it's like I'm putting it in predatory terms, but that's like, that's what I do when I like people is like, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch you like this, grab you and be like, and now I'm going to make sure that you like me. And that we're yeah. never, you're never going to let me go either because I don't want to be let go of. So a lot mm-hmm. of my gripping and clawing is for the sake of I want to be someone else to grip and claw me and hold back just as tight. It's like, yes, give me. That's what I want. Um, can you say, can you talk about when you're, whatever word you would use, if it's whether it's the prowling or if it's the fireworks or when you're speaking or you're, you're in the mode of on, you know, yeah. um, being on. Are you, how, how aware are, are you of eyes on you? Um, or this is like one-on-one or in a group, I guess, actually, let's just, let's, let's focus this for a second. Let's just talk about our, the first conversation with you and me, or even maybe even yeah. right now, like, um, the, the sense of the gazes upon you, <clears throat> as you're doing that versus when you're not doing that. I think that's, I mean, I'm really honing in specifically on this dynamic of you're presenting and you're, um, you're speaking and it's the gray show. And then, and then as soon as you, and then as you, as soon as you stop, um, it's like the, the outflow stops and the inflow is available and the inflow Mm -hmm. is all like, people's eyes on me and the quality of their gaze on me and did it did I do well or I don't and I'm putting words in your mouth now but like what is that like for you yeah um the I love the like the phrase did I do well god that's a good one um yeah there is so I remember in middle school and this memory just came up to me uh, unsummoned like it just so like I remember in middle school we had this thing where we were supposed to rewrite a song for um a history project like you're supposed to rewrite it and frame it for the american revolution right and so i rewrote uh miley cyrus's the climb for uh the american revolution and i sang it in front of like you got extra points if you performed it for the project because there's other parts of the project and that way you could get some points up on your grade for the song thing and i did it and then my teacher wanted me to perform into front of the entire eighth grade and i did and in that moment, as I'm getting up there, I'm singing no accompaniment. I have nothing with me. It's just me. Literally. That's mm-hmm. it. Maximum three, right? And it's yeah. like, I have the entire eighth grade watching me. That's like, that, that was over 100 people and I had never done anything like this before. And it was like, and I had, and I this happens to me, it's like, I had to turn them off and just sing. And then, like, then I could turn it back on a little bit in. And I feel like that's often what I'm doing in a conversation is I'm, I'm taking what the person throws me. And it's like, I, 
if I'm thinking about what you're going to see at the first moment, I have to turn it off because I have to get, I have to get moving. But then once I'm in, and that's very six, eight stem as well, eight, using the eight to get me moving. And once I'm moving, then I can look and see, okay, is it working? Is it going well? Do I stop? Cause there was a, there was a moment I sang the first verse and chorus and they started applauding, but I was like, no, 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 no. If you're clapping, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> so I sang the whole song <laughs> and yeah, that, that there's a, I think of initial burst of it turning off and then it comes back on after enough has gone back where I'm getting, usually, especially if I'm starting to get um, verbal or, or physical feedback, like you're nodding, for example, I'm like, okay, this is landing. This is making sense. It's resonating. Good. Stuff like that. Um, I feel like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm tracking after I've started talking. I think also I suspect, I don't know if, it, no, if this is true. It might be interesting to watch the recording back that obviously my body language, like I shut down in a big way once I stop talking, but also I suspect that when I start talking, I'm not looking at you. And that then once I've talked for a little bit, I'm coming back in and I'm actually able to look at you and know that you're looking at me, but I have to start with, and I'm not being seen, I'm somewhere else and I'm just moving verbally, obviously, but I, I suspect that would be a, a pattern. And now that I'm noticing that I feel slightly embarrassed of like, oh, I've been seen. It was by me, but still someone noticed me. Damn it. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff. So where are you looking when you speak? Um, okay. So I feel like it, this is like how I've been tapping into the gut center is like, I went like, when I say that image came up unbidden, like, I mean, like I felt it come up and then I saw it of me up on that stage and I wasn't seeing me from the outside. I just remembered looking out into the crowd and seeing everybody. Right. And that I feel like that feeling of like the rising up to move like that reactivity is like, I have to move. I think I, I kind of look a little bit forward and then something comes up and I can go. Um, and that's in, in objective personality for anybody who, who cares. And if you don't care, you should, um, <laughs> like that's, uh, that's blast. That is the, that is organizing information for others. And that invokes getting started, getting moving, activity. That is all blast. And so that, like, it's very obvious that that is the, the, the hallmark of my existence is that. And yeah, you know, I would agree with that. So this is a riff. I just want to go on for a second that yes. has been bubbling in me is. So the heart sensor, as I think of it, is so much to do with. Um, the gaze, like how, how my gaze upon you and your gaze upon me and the quality of that gaze, the, the congruence of that gaze, the, you know, are, are you seeing me? And when you look at me, what right. are you seeing? And right. when I look, when I look at myself, what am I seeing? All right. that stuff, you know, and there's a way that if two people are in a conversation and they're really looking at each other that is a level of heart intimacy connection that is often well depending on the quality of the gaze but it's it's intense and it can be threatening and there may actually even be a sexual blind thing going on here in the in the aversion of that gaze right right um but there's a sense like making and holding eye contact during a conversation is a it introduces an element of something uh what is it heart or intimacy or something like that that 
carries with it a kind of like, oh man, are we going to like really be here together? Yeah. And, yeah. and so as you were talking about, you know, in this conversation, not even necessarily, or like when you're speaking, not even necessarily looking at me. Um, I actually experience that in my own way when I speak with people is a kind of unconscious aversion of the gaze, or even if I am looking at them, there's something still protected in me. It's like, I'm not fully opening the doors of my right, heart or right. myself, you know, um, unless for some reason, the quality of that conversation or interaction or the, or the space in that, in that friendship is safe enough that I feel like, okay, I can really show up. And then it's like, all of a sudden I am behind my eyes and um, and when I look at you, it sort of calls you into that, like you behind your eyes. And then all of a mm. sudden here we are together. Um, so yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. All of a sudden here we are together because like you have to be tuned into the heart space to even know what that means. Cause two people could sit there like we're having a conversation. Of course we're together. And it's like, yeah, but you're not really not unless right. you're really there. Then it's like, Oh, now we're here together. Now we're really here together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm really glad you said that. Sorry. I just needed to point it out. It was so good. Yeah. So, um, okay. That's cool that you resonate with this point. And oh, yeah. I bet that as a three, well, actually, let me ask it this way. Um, okay. how often do you get there with people? <laughs> uh, very rarely very very rarely like mm. nowhere near as much as i'd like mm -hmm. and it that's hard that's hard yeah um and i remember i don't know this is a oh, yeah you go no you go go ahead okay there was something i i, I had wanted to talk about which is like the quality of like when you have because we we saw each other very recently and like when you have two threes really looking at each other and then kind of this, like, you know, we're both social self-pressed. So we're both, like, putting our weapons down and being, like, so are we going to socially judge each other right now? And it's, like, no. Are you going to judge me? And, like, just letting the weapon go. And, like, mm -hmm. oh. and that relaxation of, like, that's – I remember that. And that being, like, so sincere. And um, that was rare. And then, you know, that wasn't just with you. That was like several people that I, I care for. And so then it was like, whoa, this is a lot. Like, this is a lot. Oh, my God. Like, this is what, this is what social, like, in a sense, this is what social should be. This is yeah, what it this, should this be. Is, right. Mm. And it's not. This is, it is so often not that. And it's, yeah, I grieve it. I've been grieving uh, since. So I don't think I've, I don't think I have that very often if um, I have it very occasionally. Hmm. Yeah. It really strikes me that the heart center, if you think of, if you think of body, heart, mind as like layers of, of experience or like sort of um, dimensions of reality that you can tune into the heart layer gets, I think, squeezed to a very thin slice between body and mind very often. And I think I'm also yeah. speaking from the point of view of being a three, which is right. an experiential reality where threes tend to inhabit body mind at the expense of heart. Right. And there is a way that 
any of the instincts approached from from the place of presence in the heart is there's a kind of sacredness that emerges like the sacred social instinct where yeah oh yeah we're both here together and um or you know there's an analog to that in the sexual instinct and in the self-preservation instinct i think um and i don't think that this conversation we're having right now is necessarily specific to threes like oh it's it's not i'm not pointing out that oh threes don't get here very often with people it's more no, like people people people, people don't do it aren't very often, often yeah that's right yeah yeah and but, this is this is as a social three speaking for myself this is kind of what i'm wanting always yeah and same same yeah this is okay cool yeah i'm so glad we got to this part of the conversation because this is i think this is what social threeness really is wanting yeah. <laughs> and yeah you know, it's like deep connectedness in the, through the social lens in the heart space. And all the song and dance is, in a sense, a bid for this. But yeah. very often, it's not really landed. And partly it's because through the song and dance, we're not actually connected to it in ourselves. Right. Right. So, yeah. And that's, Do you have that's words like, for that? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's been the thing. Like, one, I just caught both of our body languages. Like, as you're talking, where does my hand go? And then as you're talking, where's your hand going? Both of us are actually tapping, touching the actually, as we're getting to something real for us, where do we go is instantly the heart because that's where we are um, in this moment. So I just, I wanted to point that out because I think it's important for people to see that body language. Like this is what it means. If you're really there, you'll know it because you'll catch it if you're Mm -hmm. awake and here for it, you know? So I wanted to start there, social here. I want everyone involved, come and join mm-hmm. us. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, the like, that's um, why I brought up grief, because uh, especially with wing four of like, I'll get negative real quick with this, is like, if I, if I see, I'm, I am constantly seeking for value and I'm, I'm looking for what is considered valuable. But when I see that the, we're in a desert and there's no water in sight, and we're, we're dying. There is a rage of like, how did we let this, how did we let this world become so dry of the heart? How did we let this happen? And mm. it's like, mm. it, it's very moves me to great grief mm. that the world is so dry of heart because it, there's a, there's a sense that is felt and not just emotionally, but also in the body. Like I, I have a very deep sense that this is just true and just real of like, it was never supposed to be this way. Hmm. And how did we let this happen? And in this very much, this huge amount of like ocean of grief, like bottomless. I don't think I'm ever, I'll probably adjust, I, I will probably adapt to sitting with this feeling and um, become stronger at carrying it, but I am never, I don't think it's ever going to leave me. And I think that is what most people don't know what they're missing. Most people don't have the language to know that they're not connected. Most people don't even have the, the feeling of being disconnected. They simply are. And that's even worse. Like, like at least, like, oh yeah, it just, it gets me. It gets me on a ridiculous level to know that this is what connection should be that. And 
because I even think of the language I'm using is in a sense of like the social self-pressed desert. It's when we have no sexual oasis. There's no water. We're dry. We're dried out and we're dying. And to me, that's what it feels like the is also happening in the heart space is something very similar. It's like we're in the six, nine endless, like because the majority of people are either sixes or nines and the, a huge amount of that, um, those people are Bermudas, like for context, <laughs> but like, yeah, I feel like we're just lost in that like space and we're not feeling, I don't know. I'm rambling. I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but it just, it's, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It's everything to me. It's everything mm. to me. Yeah. yeah. How much is this, I mean, tuning into it right this moment, the unconscious underpinning of the devotion you have to personality itself or your YouTube channel and things like that? Um, I think this is a larger tapestry that I was chewing mm. at one corner of. I was chewing mm. at personality as a mm. corner of trying to knowing that people were missing something, including myself. And then this is giving me one, not just language, but actual experience of what is being missed, which is true, mm. real, raw, um, unfiltered connection. And then to have to see what it's like to, because I, you know, I go back to work and I'm realizing that like, no one's seeing each other. Mm -hmm. No one, I just, I just spent like, there was a huge amount of time just being seen. And I think that it's just that sense of, oh no, oh no, 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 no. And that is like, that's how I felt every time I got into personalities, like they don't know their personality. Oh no. But like, this is a much bigger, no, this is a mm -hmm. much bigger. No, this is like the epitome of all no's. Like, I was like, oh no, like, um, that's why I say it's like, I'm never recovering. It's like, it was like, this was the, the biggest no in reactions. Like this is not like, this is a huge sense of, this is not what the world should be like, but mm -hmm. it is. And that just mm -hmm. endless disappointment is just yeah. endless disappointment from here on out, which is, you know, great. <laughs> I mean, it's great. <laughs> you know, it's, I make, I make being in the heart space sound so depressing. Like you have to understand to have to anyone listening, you have to understand the depth of beauty that must be there in order to be this disappointed like you're seeing all the negative that's coming after like you have to you have to imagine that it's equal an opposite reaction like this like mm -hmm. that is this like, is it's hard to share the equal and opposite reaction without being in it in that moment and you you know you had to be there yeah so this is this is the four and i'll just i mean i'll put it in, a, in some oh, explicit yeah. terms this is this is what it means frustration in the heart space yeah yeah you know, endless like disappointment yeah um and i guess i just i feel a resonance with what you're saying um and i want to um you know language is inadequate to des to describe this stuff and it's the nature of language language is all we have to create yeah. shared mind around <clears throat> around the stuff headspace that fucking headspace, useless shit. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I what I want to, I just want to kind of put an exclamation point by what you're saying from the, in a teaching way, <laughs> because the, this, what frustration really is, is the, the, the letting down of some ideal that is, yeah. that is felt, 
that there's a felt sense of that ideal that's being uh, disappointed. And yeah. this quality of depth and connection is, th particularly through the social lens, experienced through the four. Um, right. Yeah. So that's, well, I just wanted to say that. So, yes. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to reroute this conversation to a slightly different topic. Um, Absolutely. Go for it. Okay. I'm, I'm excited. So one thing that you said that you wanted to touch on in this conversation was, and I quote, the role and purpose of three. Yes. And we talked maybe a little bit about this other piece, but how three on three communication is unique. We kind of have been there, but I wonder if there's something else that comes up for you when I prompt you with those words yeah, of yours. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think in particular, the um, so we're kind of having a three on three conversation. So and from an educational standpoint, like if you're watching, you can kind of see how there's a a almost a pause in the way that we're communicating. And there's a kind of, for me, there's an undercurrent of like, do you see this? And then I can kind of feel it's like, oh, he saw it. OK. And then I, I feel like I'm trying to give you it's like, I see you. I see you like. Like, and there's kind of a silent exchange that you have, in my opinion, you have to be tapped into the heart to feel that silent secondary language occurring. Mm -hmm. But it, it's preverbal. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. And it's, um, I actually want to bring up the object relations of the three. The wound that happens for the three is um, sooner than it happens for the six and the nine. It happens when, you know, the, uh, allegedly when the child's an infant and it looks to its mother and it doesn't feel seen that's early and so there's it that's i think where the pre-verbal part comes from is the six is having it in more of the t almost like a toddler phase when they're more ambulatory when they're more heady when they're talkative when they're communicating and they're seeking support and they're not getting it for us we are our wound is at the pre-verbal and so our language is additionally at the pre-verbal which is not dissimilar to the nine, but the nine still experiences it differently because it's not in the heart space. It's through the body and through autonomy. So I, I, I wanted to kind of like really highlight that. Um, I'm wiggling my fingers as if you guys can feel what I'm feeling <laughs> and you can see what I'm feeling, but it's like there is a sense of like communication that's just soaring underneath that uh, hopefully that they they can you know maybe if they review and they watch it again that they can see it and be like oh this is what they're talking about like there's something passing in between like ships in the night um but i think that's the role of three is in many ways to be able to see those signals and then especially for me being heady to put words to it and to say this is you you were giving you because everyone's giving off those signals all of the time all the time and so i ended up doing this exercise for my friends where i made them a bunch of collages spontaneously and i just asked them hey send me a picture of you and i'll give you a collage and i'm just taking everything that they are that i'm picking up in that sub that pre-verbal way and i'm handing it to them visually and saying this is you and mm -hmm. over and over it would like people be and i would write a couple sentences with it and they were like wow i feel seen over and over that phrase i feel seen mm -hmm. i feel seen i feel seen and it's like, well, yeah, because I'm seeing you because I and then the kind tying into that great grief is like, oh, I I didn't do this with a desire of someone would make me one because I made my own. And I look great. But then I was like, <laughs> oh, but there's very few people in my life who could give this back to me. 
And there was a grief mm -hmm. there of like, oh, even if I had wanted the exchange, I, well, I wasn't going to get it. And I was glad to volunteer it. But there was a, oh, this is something unique to what I'm doing that's in the heart space. Hmm. There's a bit of sadness there. So I think the role of three is to take that pre-verbal and then, especially because it's attachment and it's connecting to other people to be able to hand it over and say, this is you. This is, this, here you are. And again, the heart space romanticizes things. So it's a, this is you and you're beautiful, or this is you and you're dazzling. And this is you. And I can't wait to see who you're going to be when you grow up, you know, like that feeling, that vibe. Um, I guess I do vibe. Hmm, there it is. <laughs> Partly what I'm responding to in this is just connecting a dot from our previous, uh, well, the, the last part of our conversation, yeah. the sense of pre-verbal seeing or what's happening under the under the words in three-on-three -three communication or any, really, I think it's between any type, but the there exists in any interaction the possibility of um, mutual seeing or not mutual seeing. Yeah. And the, I agree with you that this is in a sense the gift or the, um, you could say the purpose of three is to bring this out. And I think that a lot of times the three gets stereotyped, um, understandably so, as uh, radiance, glory, magnificence, big bright shiny right. kind of energy and um that is certainly one manifestation of it but it starts i think at the level of the glow of some very precious ember of of yeah. personhood you know of you yeah. of like the smiling infant um which isn't which isn't fireworks and theater and display it's just right. preciousness itself and oh no you know your your like this collage thing that you're making or like the sentences that you that you say to people when people feel seen it's you just with your eyes putting your eyes on that you know um and anyway yeah so i find that very beautiful and i have one and we might come to a close here in a second but this is one question for you is around that mm -hmm. is I can sense in you and I resonate in me just how important that is. Like that's yeah. kind of what life is for me or what I hope for it to be, or those moments where I get to really taste that and experience yeah. it and be, be saturated by it are, are so important. And, um, and there is also, I have the four wing of being disappointed by that, not being my ever present reality. <laughs> um, and I also have, often in just going out into the world a kind of resistance to going there with people um a resistance for it's like as much as i want it um i sometimes don't give myself permission to like go there with someone or to like penetrate through whatever whatever layer of film is on a person to like see their heart because i know that doing that is intense it's also not necessarily in a given moment socially appropriate it's also um it opens up something very raw and sweet and vulnerable but it's just kind of like it's like it's a decision in a sense to go there you know and it's like i have to kind of summon myself to do it and 
Um, yeah, so is I it, guess what I'm re- you, you get what I'm saying. What I'm reaching for in this in yeah. this part of the conversation is, is like, it, why is don't it, what? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, is it because this is how I feel? Like, is it that you're afraid of? Because like you have to make like you're you're picking up the signals and maybe you can go there, but there's still the leap of if I let it down, are they going to be there with me? Because that would hurt. That hurts so much more when when I when I'm like, okay, I'm ready, I'm here, like I'm me, and then yeah. they're like, that's not okay, and I'm like, yeah, that's oh. a that's a huge one. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a huge huge that's deal. For me, it's like I I. I want like uh, I, in a sense, like I want to keep my clothes on, you know, I don't want them to see me. Like I don't want to be exposed. And so mm-hmm. there's a huge amount of like um, huge amount of, of just energy put into reading. Can I, can I go there? Can we go there? Mm-hmm. Are we doing this? Is this real? And mm-hmm. that I think is, I think if, if there is something to know, like about, threes like the reason we're watching isn't because we're constantly trying to um control other people or like there's a like you know obviously the behavior can turn to to self-absorbed narcissism or it can turn to like you know controlling and manipulating people but it's important to understand the motivation from the point of that infant and i i'm glad like i'm so glad i brought that up and that you reinforced it because like if you see the three as i just want to be seen and i just want you to see me and I am terrified of the rejection that might occur or the not being seen that might, for me, it's rejection, but the, like the not being seen that might occur. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, don't, don't do that. If you're, if you've got a three who's actually handing themselves over to you a little bit, like try to be open to them to the best of your ability, because that's like, that's the wound that is like, we are, no, we are playing that out over and over again because we keep being closed off and keep ourselves from being known it is partially our fault but i think many people because they're not in touch with the heart space even when i am like okay i'm i'm putting down the barriers and you're seeing me if they're not there with me there it's like i ow this was the exact thing i was afraid of this is why i don't do it so i'm like i'm guessing from you nodding that that's where you're at as well as like this is why this because you weren't going to be there with me. So I wasn't going to show you me in the first place. I, yeah, I, I don't think I could have said it better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this has been um, a really like, you know what? I hope here's, you know, you hear what, you know, I hope for this interview. I hope people cry. <laughs> I'm laughing at people's tears, but like, like this is the, like I've, I've teared up. Like that's the point you want to be in the heart center. You got to bleed for it. You know, like, I hope, I hope you all bleed and I hope you love bleeding. um the violence of eight (laughs) the violence of the eight picks one just one more piece on this that i want to say is that a lot of times it's um people try to express actually man there's so much there's so much to say about this and i don't want to overdo it um but um so one thing that i'm tuning into is that a lot of times when people try to do heart, um, it it comes in a kind of overly um, structured or verbal way where we set up these like social rules of engagement, you know, um, and and I and I state what I'm seeing in you 
in a kind of formal like i see your preciousness and here's what i see kind of way and because it's at the level of words um and isn't really dropped into the heart like you can feel a lack of resonance there right there's not quite the congruence and so this is i just i point that out because you know this idea of the heart being a pre-verbal sensing of like how how present are you in the heart as you're seeing me in my heart and is there actually a heart-to-heart connection here that's actually what the the yearning is for and um and there's a very very subtle um sensitivity to that that is uh you know it's just not it's it's qualitatively different from the way that the body and the mind are sensing and yeah Yeah. um and i think this also speaks to the something that i feel is also very misunderstood about threes is just how much psychological safety is required for for them as a precondition to showing up yeah yeah and um you know a lot of people see threes out there like crushing goals and being whatever uh and so polished high high performers and polished and stuff that's right that's right and this this sense of like very like even even in my body language and the way that i'm sensing for these words right now and in yours it feels like we're (laughs) um this is another one of those like words are inadequate thing but it feels like our entire energy shifts um to pay to pay reverence or homage to this thing that is so precious yeah yeah you know what i mean yep um yeah yeah and that's that came up earlier of like serving yeah, the Enneagram right. or serving art is like, yes, like we're not. Yeah. Yep. Just yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and I think that part of the growth for three is this is to your point about the purpose of three. Um, and I say this as much as a statement for myself in terms of my own growth edge. But the point is, I think for threes to start getting comfortable enough with this being a gift um, and a thing that they can bring so that they don't need as much psychological safety as a precondition before they start bringing this into the world, um, into their conversations, into whatever. Um, That's part of the, this is part of like the super subtle under the hood, way, way under the hood type structure of three and the growth is um, uh, in a sense, I think threes are waiting in a, um, to, to be safe enough to show, to show themselves. And, yeah. you know, the first few times you show yourself, like the very first Enneagram class I ever took was that, was that space of safety for me. And it was the first time I ever revealed certain things about myself to another group of human beings. Um, and over time I've started like the, the muscle of exposing myself before people provide that psychological safety is, is something that has shown up for me more. And that's why I think the virtue of the three is authenticity. It's the sense of being willing to expose myself um, as a way of bringing about that psychological safety rather than needing it first. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think that's something that uh, I consider myself to be blessed with the reactivity 
because I can kind of get raw really quick. And I think that that helps me not hide a little bit. Like it just helps a little bit and it helps me get started because I can at least get angry um, in a public kind of way. And then usually under anger, there's something else. So then afterwards I can kind of like get, like I, I can use the attachment to disconnect. I can use that six of like, let's fight about it. Okay, now let's get naked. You know, like there's another word for it. Like they're like, let's get emotionally naked. So, but I, I, I think it's great how, like, I feel like you're really, open my impression of you is very open obviously words do not properly define this but i think that um like i i feel like when i use my reactivity but i feel like i also have like an earnestness um i think the word you would use was like innocence it's like there's an earnestness of like i'm gonna show up and i'm gonna like let myself be that little kid hoping to be yeah. seen and like, right. I really try to like, let that, like, like the, the inner child, fuck, I hate that phrase, but like, <laughs> that's what it is, is mm -hmm. like letting that out a little bit and risk risking the initial miss to happen again. Letting that be risked is I think the, I think the thing that all the types have to do, but, um, I, I know mine very well cause it's terrifying. It's the one that scares me the most. So yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I just have to say, I, um, I'm such a fan of you <laughs> and it's Aww. been so fun to talk to you. Yeah. I, um, I would hug you if I could right now. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Aww. I feel a lot of heart energy flowing in this conversation. <laughs> the wiggles. <laughs> the wiggles. <laughs> Always the wiggles. I'm a wiggler. It is known. So, um, how, what's this been like for you being interviewed being alive mm -hmm. um trying to make jokes to keep you from killing your computer which of mm -hmm. the above <laughs> all of the above just this experience of being interviewed yeah okay uh being interviewed um i actually love being interviewed um because i often feel like that attachment channeling thing is mm -hmm. most powerful in me when i'm interviewed i feel like i can really tap into myself um in a really powerful way when I'm being interviewed because I, I struggle to, I even, I even talk to myself when I'm alone to help my kind of interviewing myself to help get a sense of that as well. So I love being interviewed and I, I think this is probably my best interview yet. I think I've been very real this interview and that's like the goal. That's always the goal for me is like how, how real, how, how, how many clothes can I take off or playing, playing strip interview? How, how real can I get? You know, uh -huh. like, yeah, really trying to risk it. It's scary. It's terrifying, mm. but you've been, you've been a, a lovely buddy as we just sit here and try to throw off clothes. We're like, how real are we? Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm just sitting with something here. That's not really, again, well, one thing I love is our theme about words are inadequate for this, but yeah. Yeah. there's almost a sense of like to truly honor the heart space or like this, the sense of having landed here together mm -hmm. almost requires silence. It's like words just, they're not an adequate vehicle to express. Yeah. Uh, what this is 
you know um so yeah the body does the yeah. body does better like the the this it's mm -hmm. like that's close to an image of like you know or like when i'm doing this i'm like trying to give people an image with my movements you know mm -hmm. it's like see this and then therefore know it for what it is because i yeah. cannot words it like the headspace is great i love the headspace i'm in it all the time i use it for humor um quite effectively if i do say so but um the it is a sometimes it can be a bit of a it clarifies things but there are some things that are there are too many things relegated to the headspace that sometimes should be put to the gut or like to the body to the heart um yeah and i yeah. i think this is honest real connection is one of those areas i think mm -hmm. well thank you again for doing this and thank you for having um, me yeah, and just okay, so everyone knows people can find you at Augmented Personality YouTube Correct. channel. Correct. Yes. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate you and being in this heart space with you. And thanks, thanks again for this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome.